Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the comics table. You're here at the comics table. Boys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, cisgendered males, grandpas, trans women, trans men, we're an equal opportunity table. We are. Everybody's welcome. Anybody's welcome on our table. Dude, are you wearing a Fitbit? I am wearing an up three. What is an up three? It uh it's it's uh you know, measures my sleeping and my my steps. Don't you um, think the government I... has other things inside that device? Oh, I that hope thing, so. That looks like an alien computer it or is, something. It is. Actually, it's part of my brain. But it straps on like a like a uh, wristwatch, huh? It does. Who makes the up three? Are we... Are we... Uh... Are we marketing? Or is this our new sponsor? Well, I'm just, I didn't know you were a Fitbit guy. This is new. It's not a Fitbit. It's an Up 3. Well, they're the same thing, right? It's by Jawbone. Jawbone. Oh, yes. Yes. I have a Jawbone Bluetooth that looks exactly like that sculpture that they integrated. Welcome to 99.3 with Jawbone and the Candyman. (laughs) Jawbone and the Candyman. Sounds like he needed to quit smoking 25 years ago. Oh, yeah. Now he's speaking through that device. Lung cancer. Uh, Hey, we're in lovely Opera America Studios. In New York City, baby. New York City, they have a sign in the bathroom that says, no vocalization. No warm-ups. No vo- Yeah, because people are so douchey that they're like, someone will hear me in here and I'll get signed for... I mean, I have taken dumps in my life where I wanted to hit a high C note. Just I like oh you know, so glorious. It deprived me from my normal moans that I would have when I'm urinating. Couldn't vocalize it. Uh, you know? Speaking, I mean, this is a music rehearsal studio we're yes, in, it is. and I can actually hear somebody doing scales next door. So if that's can, coming over, Mike. Listen, I can see the Empire State Building outside the window. I don't oh, think no, that's actually, true. No, that's not, not it's true. Not, it's not. That's we're not looking in the exact though? wrong direction. No, it is. No, isn't it? No, that's the. Uh, I think that's the New Yorker building. No. Uh, no, because we're looking... That's, oh, you know what I can see? Look at no, southeast. You're right. That's Madison that Square is, Garden. That is Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Empire State Building, Madison Square Garden, they look the same. Yeah. Say, uh, They're the same shape round and, and height. Like donut. Uh, speaking around. Somebody, you know, we Are got we going to introduce our guest ever? <laughs> he, should we keep talking about fitness bands? He's looking at me like some stupid goomba over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, Patrick, who do we have today? We have the wonderful Gary, Gary Lelly. Lelly. Thank you. It is an absolute pleasure oh, to be here. God, it's I was so just good waiting. to see you. I was, you know, I was going to interrupt. Yeah. And then I was like, they got a whole intro going on here. And I was like, I don't want to get the real the stink eye from these guys. Yeah, just, we've been we've been trying to do a little uh, pitter-patter. A little back beginning. and forth. Right, I like tappy tap. Yeah, we, we are going to start doing tap routines. Gary, uh, do you have a fucking Calvin Klein sweatsuit on? I do. Well, just the top. I have a Nike bottom on. Oh. Um, oh you know, this is, this is my... Uh, Typical Slick, Saturday outfit. Slicked back hair. Let's right. start your, at the top. Your, your headphones are going to just be all greased up. You're going to oh, need to really wipe headphones. these downs afterwards. What do you is use? Is that gel or is that like a, a napalm? It's a, <laughs> napalm, you'd be very bald Palm and made. it would smell yeah. like hell in here. Yeah, this is <sighs> just a very basic uh, $4.99 L'Oreal. Oh, L'Oreal. Clean gel. Oh, Ooh, a clean uh, it's gel. a gel. Clean I gel. thought maybe it was Murray's uh, pomade. No. He's like, I don't put anything in my hair unless it's got a lady's name in it. It's uh, Megahold. Nice. Megahold. Yeah, it actually says Megahold. Can I touch it? Yeah. 
I I wonder. Oh, wow. that, it's, uh, it's not even as crispy as I thought it would be. Well, I just did it not too long ago. Uh, Give it yeah, a little bit of time. Crispy. It's got a set. It'll get crispy. It really. It's like a cast. Yes. Or you could like the hair gets so crispy you could just like slice a person's neck. With it's your head. ridiculous. The other day, I actually. Went this way on the uh, on the back of my head. I actually thought I sliced my finger. Yeah, a porcupine. You got <laughs> I mean, a porcupine. It's, it's ridiculous. Sonic the Hedgehog. Here. Were you doing Were you doing the blowouts like the Gotti Boys? Uh, Never blowout ever. Never. No. You know, I've had this hairdo since I was like five. Always slick back. Yeah, because my mom would just comb it back in the morning. She would just yeah. comb it back when I, before I went to school. Yeah. yeah. You look like you bury bodies mm. for a living. You I got do. That, you got that yeah, vibe. I do. You you look yeah you look Comedy tough, is my side but gig. you are not. I'm tough. not. No. no, you're sweet. You're a sweet guy. No, I, very soft hands. I, when what? I shake your hands, soft but, but hands. a firm grip. Have you ever done any sort of firm. shoveling or raking no. or anything? No, the last time you know I shoveled, where, I was twelve. <laughs> What's that? Hmm? Hmm? Why'd you say? Hmm? Do you know where they're buried? <laughs> just, a very, just a very big. Where are they buried? Yeah, I got stumped there for a second. Uh. Well, no. Let's let's really talk about the hair because I do have a hair question. I hope you don't want. I mean, you, no, I mean you guys. I'm another both, person with good hair. You guys in have the room. Mag- magnificent hair in completely different ways. I've got that's this really amazing hair. Horrible. Is, Look at this. It's just going. It's just disappearing. It's not horrible. It's just sad. it's off. It's sad. Yeah. It is. It's like you might want to bring it home. Like Gary what, what and I bring it home. Like bring it home. Like Bicket. You know, I, I did. I did do the shaving recently. It's not. It's not too. I don't know. No, I, it freaked me out. It. it, it yeah, I was polite about were, it. I said it looked it. cool, it but it, it really freaked me out. <laughs> well, you. I got to ask you a question. Are, are you? Do you blow dry that? How does that? I get do that, blow that dry volume. It. That's a great volume. You Today it's blow not great. Dry your hair. Over Today's here? not great. I do blow dry. What I do, I use a uh, water soluble pomade. So mm. it's not a wax based pomade. It's called Suavecito. Oh, Suavecito. What? Yeah, it's a brand out of California. Suavecito. Uh, and what I'll do is I'll put in a gob of it and I'll mix it around, blow dry. And lately I've been hairspraying on top of the pomade. Tristan showing his serial killer shaved head. We should put this on the site. Is that so bad? Yeah. No, I actually, mean, it was not. a little. You, you know what? You look clean. You look clean. It's you a do. clean cut. You, you know, but you I'm look like look... you organized sex parties in that well, photo. Well, I wish. Uh, this looks like I organized sex parties. Oh yeah, God, right with there. children. Jesus, that is wow. a scary. Photo. So I gotta, I gotta hear it's about. To make it fun. Suavecito. So suavecito. What I like about it is it washes out. I don't. Right. But here's the thing, because I think you wash your hair every day. I do. See, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> do you know what it's like to lay down? <laughs> there are times I fall asleep with this in my head. Yeah. I mean, you wake it, up stuck to the pillow. It, it's not even stuck. It hurts. Yeah. It's a full I'm, on. I'm so I gotta take Advil. Far removed. Emotional. From what you guys are talking about right now. Yeah. Because... Because you don't care about anything in your life as much as we care about our hair. Hair is well, important Well, I don't have the hair to care about anymore. No, but like literally anything else. Like this Fitbit is a desperate attempt at caring at your health, caring about your health. Yep. Uh, it but is desperate. Because I... Well, for me, I don't, wear a jelly. Fit, I don't wear a Fitbit because it would just be negative steps at the end of the day. First of all, <laughs> it's I mean, not a goddamn Fitbit. But, the up three. Why is it the third one? The jawbone screw it up twice? Well, I actually, yeah, I had the original one, and this is much better. Yeah. Yeah, they did. The old one was not as good. You have a great opener about your vest. I don't do you tell jokes on podcasts? I don't want to I don't want to spoil any. Well, yeah. you put a lot of social media clips up there. What's that opener about? He's the, got a uh, whole energy thing that he builds to. You know, mm-hmm. he's got to be wearing like a, a like a real suit. Yeah, I got a I have a What about the buttons on the vest? Yeah, I love that. So after my I guess seven and a half minute walk up to stage. Uh-huh. Which is is probably awful for who is ever uh-huh. hosting that show because they're like, okay, all right, come up here, let's go. <laughs> so then I get up there and and um, 
you know, I talk about how tight my vest is. And no matter what size I buy, it always gets tighter. Yep. It just, it's just never ending. Yeah. Um, but I, always, I, 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 I said this the other night. I said, you ever notice how heavier people always blame the garment? Mm. They always go, oh, this button, oh, this belt. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It has nothing to do with them. How about the sandwich? <laughs> Does anybody ever blame the sandwich or How the about slice the of Sicilian pizza? Slice? Or the or the six slices you ate out of that pie? No one ever no, no one ever blames that. As an Italian, could you ever give up pizza? I don't get pizza? the connection there between what why would, you know, why would a sandwich affect how your suit was tailored? <laughs> well, for me it's it's killing it. Uh, I mean all of these uh Italian subs are, are killing me. Yeah, a lot of a lot of There's a lot of good food in New York. Gabagool in there. Gabagool. You know what? A beautiful you know what? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna that that vest is gonna be flowing on you because you're you're moving to California. It, yeah. yeah, you're gonna be eating tofu wraps. I'm just and it, lettuce skins. It, it's gonna you know, be that's a, what they a, eat out there. Right? Earth Cafe, Earth a, with a, a oh, U. Yeah, Earth. Hey, let let's just do one thing real quick. So Gary, I want to tell you something. On on our podcast, we're we're trying to avoid too much inside baseball about comedy, but we should set up Gary as a comedian we love. We should explain he's a comedian we love. We know him from our I mics. I think that Patrick is starting to sweat because we geared off to, towards the, the L.A. talk <laughs> before we defined just how talented Gary is. Well, I could just see us going down this road talking about L.A. Oh, and no, then his, his, uh, his We'll get to that on the back end. His his fiance and his house and all this stuff. You know, a lot of people when they come on the comics table, they, they ask me, okay, uh, you know, either they've listened to it or they haven't listened to it. They're like, but, you know, like, well, how do you guys run it? What do you guys do? And I'm like, look, the concept of the comics table is when you have a bunch of comics and they're doing comedy, afterwards you go out Maybe you sit around right. and you drink, or you what, or you go to a diner. You have some some fries. Yeah, whatever. I love hanging out, having a couple yeah. drinks, and you and... just talk about everything. You talk about the set that you had. Mm-hmm. You talk about what's going on in your life. You talk about everything. And that's the idea of the comics table. But I think that I need to change it <laughs> to it's a concept of where you sit down and Patrick is just like, whoa, why can't we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and I just worry about the direction of the show. And then, and then I we, mean, we could have did a whole hour on gel. Yeah, that's true. I know. You know? And I would, that's true. would have been dryers. fascinating. I mean, literally, all I want to say is Gary is one of the most unique comics in our circle. Right. Uh, he's Thank a showman on stage. Yeah. And he, you came out of nowhere in a way. I mean, maybe you were doing other stuff, but like I never saw you. And then you come to the mics and you're just like, boom. Yeah. Immediately hysterical. Right. I appreciate that. Uh, but and, I feel like you've got to have a history before all that, before well, you're doing that. I mean, I started comedy about 13 years ago. I did it for six months, and then I was 22, got out of it. And um, and then doing what, like club promotions? You look like a club <laughs> promoter. Uh, insurance. Oh, yeah, you sell insurance. You know, okay. In quotes. Um, yeah. But I got into a, a career, homes. and then uh, about two and a half years ago, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Yes. And it just it was something that just continuously pulled you know, on my heart. And I was like, I got to get back into this. Yeah. And, uh, so two years ago, I just, can you I know, ask how old you are? 35. You could have done the math. It's insane. We had, that's literally the same, <laughs> but I story. got nice skin. So I can yes. see why you had to ask. Yeah. Yes. You know, youth. What do you have? You have a day job, right? Yes. And what's insurance? That? Insurance. It is insurance. Yeah. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. You didn't know that about him? You know, I thought that was a I, joke. No, that's real. Oh my he God. He works in an yeah. office. Yeah. He's like a powerful person he in the office. Works in an office with a crowbar. Right. Also, so, yeah. insurance. Joe Anaruma also works with you. He another used comedian. To. 
He used to. You Joe, fired him. I got rid of him. Okay. Is that long, for real? I, no. But oh, he, he moved on and he went to a different company. But I used to work with Joe, yeah. So, because yeah. so, I was talking to him about comedy and he said, you said you were going to do comedy open mics and that got him fired up and that's when he started. I like Is that to true? see that. So you're, I, not, I moving at, or you're not moving to LA for comedy, you're moving there for insurance. Oh, no, it's more the comedy. I Is mean, it? I mean... Not even comedy, movies. We're talking, we're, we got to get him to Hollywood. All right, well, you know what? But here's the thing. I got to ask you about this because this is, and this is related to comedy. So, so you know, calm your pecker there. By the way, all I want to say is I'm done uh, directing the show. I literally just wanted to <laughs> know, put it out there that we love Gary. I, I, love to, I love to rib Patrick because, you know. He's all a, right, make your point about Hollywood. <laughs> so. Here's the thing. So a lot of people, there's there's been a big migration, and maybe it's something that's always happened. I'm just noticing it more recently. But I see a lot with, with comedians, actors, all that kind of stuff going to L.A. Mm-hmm. And if you have a, something where you got a deal set up, you've got something going on, you've got an agent, they're like, you need to come here, then I'm like, yeah, you should do that. Like that makes 100% sense. Um, but um, a lot of people just do it because they're like, you know, I feel like it's better out there for whatever reason. Now, if you're going out there for comedy-related things, is it because, you know, you have an agent or a manager and they're like, do that? Or is it because you just, like, feel like you want that? Well, there's a couple of different things that are going on. Uh, I have some other business opportunities out there and work-related stuff that's going on. So vague, man. Yeah, it's like Um, uh, the Italian mob needs more help out there. I'm going to put it all in the They got a horse head. They got to put in a... I have to straighten a few people out on the West Coast. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of of money out there on the streets. I got to collide. Yeah, yeah. These Um, jukeboxes. Mo Green's uh, been shooting off his mouth. Right, right. But no, so we have... My fiance and I have some... uh, some other opportunities out there, and you know, what's, what's your fiance's name for our listeners? Lindsay. Lindsay yes. is she's like, so great. She's great. She's a beautiful, supportive. Amazing. Like she's the most supportive uh, uh, partner comedy I, that I can yeah. think of. She's. I see her at almost every single mic yep. you do. She 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 records your sets. She records on your the sets. Phones. Always. Uh, she laughs appropriately at other yeah, oh, comics. Yeah. She mm-hmm. she loves comedy. She's she a fan does. of she comedy. She even laughs at Gary occasionally. Yeah. Sometimes. You do not deserve her. No, I it's don't. It's insane. No. You're how like did the fourth you, person How did tonight. you even work that out? How did that happen? So we worked for the same company. Oh. oh. And I saw her in the conference room about two and a half years ago. Okay. Scandalous. And uh, I knew she was from the West Coast. And I... Uh, oh, so she's from, is she from LA? She's from San Diego. Okay. Southern so, California. Um, so basically... What I'm gathering is kind of like she's a Michelle Pfeiffer kind of character. She's working for your boss, and you're just like, I'm gonna have you one of these days. Right, I was Scarface. The world is mine. <laughs> yeah, like it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You'll come around. You'll like me. You could play. Uh, you could play Cuban or Colombian. Where Where's Scarface set? It was Cuban. Yeah, he was Cuban. I love that. Not to go off on a tangent here, but I love the, the first scene of that movie is them in the. Uh, in the in the yard, and they're all playing basketball, and there's like forty nine of them mm. all just playing basketball mm-hmm. together. Yeah, and then the one, and then he goes to leave, and the one guy comes running over with the boy. He's like, Tony, <laughs> no, <laughs> where are you going, Tony? He's like, I'll be back. I gotta go. I love that scene. The remaking but, uh, Scarface. Oh, gosh. oh fuck! Just, yeah. Some things need to be. Just oh left god! Alone. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. a lot of things need just, to be left alone. Just let it go. All right, so so you fell in love in a in a coffee so, room. So basically, Kitchen. in the conference room, she was there to give a presentation, mm. and uh, I walked in. And then a year went by because um, my mom had some my mom had some health issues, and 
And then I was like, oh, I don't know about the, we're in the same company. Do I even approach this? Or, yeah. And then I get back into comedy in early 2014, which was the first time I ended up getting on Facebook. Oh. And I see. You had not been on Facebook until I had 2014. Until 2014. Why not? Well, you know, things I do on the side, you know. Yeah, yeah. you don't, you don't want to put it all out there. Um, you know, witness protection program, right. we frown on that. <laughs> right, you'll look at it in a second. Um, but anyway, so we, we contact each other through that, or I contact her rather, and then the rest is history. Wow. So here we are, three so years later are, engaged. Wow, that's, that's great. Amazing. And so we were in a shaker. And you guys bought you got you bought a house. Congratulations! Bought a house Thank you very much. Uh, so you've that. got a big, beautiful home to move to in L.A. So you're not you're not, we're not we're adults here. We're not going out there. We're not. And when I say we, I'm talking about Gary. Gary's not going out there. He's not he's not he's not working at a restaurant. He's not going to go bust tables. He's got a plan. It sounds like I do have a plan. And there's a lot of. Uh, you know, other moving parts outside of comedy, which is... Can I, can I be honest, though? And I want you to correct me here, mm-hmm. because this is maybe my perception. And please, I feel like... And, and this is just playing devil's advocate. I feel like when people go out to L.A. for comedy, it's a mistake. And, and, and the reason why I say that is because there is a glut of mics here and show opportunities mm-hmm. and other things like that. And you go out to L.A., that's Reps. not the case. They don't have... Mics every day, even necessarily like a lot. Like I was out there um, in the middle of a week and people were like, oh, Wednesday, I don't know where you're going to find, you know, and maybe, you know, it just depends on the comedian. Like other people be like, oh, no, there's stuff all the time. But most of the comics that I've run into in L.A. are like, you know, there's just not unless you unless you're kind of a higher level person that gets, you know, at these clubs. Mm -hmm. So to me, it seems like why would you why would you limit your opportunities there? But but I want you to correct me. and, And like if you have like a different. So, perspective on it. you know, I've actually made a lot of contacts out, out there and um, I'm finding out about a lot of mics that are going on right through the week. Um, so I know that there is a lot out there. And I know once I get out there and start really getting into it and, you know, starting to get, you know, it rolling that it, it will, you know, I'm going to find my, you know, my climate, my stand, whatever it's going to be and get up every day. And then I'm just going to do a tremendous amount of hanging out at the comedy store, the improv, yeah, yeah. the laugh factory. Which are cool clubs, mm-hmm. n- no doubt. Like they're 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 really interesting clubs and you mm-hmm. see a lot of big names just hanging out there. Um at least in my experience hanging out there. If um, there's one person that is ready to make a big first impression, it's Gary. It's you. You know, you have such a presence. It's it's Is uh, it is it because you're because you, you you're are you want to be a unique New York out in the West Coast? No, it, you know well you got that New York. Well, what, what's vibe. interesting is I've done the Ice House out there. Mm-hmm. I've done a couple of shows at at the Comedy Store. You know, because I I was out there for three four weeks at a time, going back and forth for business when, when I was dating Lindsay. Oh. Um, is and, she from there? Yeah, okay. San Diego. So, you know, when I go to those places, it's amazing how people perceive me. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's, it's in a great way. It's almost like a cartoon character. Yeah. They're like, I can't even believe this guy's real. Uh-huh. Like yeah. we only see him in the movies. We only see th- this is a, a very surreal thing for them. So, yeah. Um, you know, one thing I feel is, is if you're talented, you will find a way. Sure. Yeah. And I, and I'm a true believer in that, that if you continuously work, well, I think, I think the work, right. I think talent gets you 
um, that really gets you an extra edge, but the work is what gets you there. A thousand percent. But that's what I'm also saying. Like, you know, um, that's, that's why I ask sometimes when comics do it, because I feel like, well, are you making it harder for yourself? Are you going to have to work extra in order to get just as far because there may be less opportunity? I almost feel like who cares? It's like, who cares? It sounds like there's other well, no, like, because, life there, because, circumstances. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. If there's other things going on, you're like, oh, you know, my, my future wife, that's she's family there. We're going to go there for there. Or, oh, you know, it's just that point in my life where I'm like, I want warmer temperatures or like whatever the the impetus is for that mm-hmm. that's but that's why I'm well asking. you know it, it's interesting too is and i don't know you know you hear so many different things from so many comics you know they'll say oh the scene here is rough and then they'll say oh the scene out there is rough really at the end of the day i i always wonder i always take everything with a grain of salt because of the fact that you always wonder how hard is someone really working yeah. how hard is someone really putting in the time to make the relationships to make the connections to play connectivity um, you know, to really, cause let's be honest. I mean, this is, this is a, a grueling, yeah, grueling yeah. thing. And, and I think people wear out on it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's a, it's a, it's an endurance game. Yeah. yeah. And people go, Oh man, you know, people, I hear comics, you know, they've been in it for a year and, and they're doing, you know, three mics a week and they're like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. Yeah. I, I don't understand what it is that you think. I mean, everything in life requires an insane amount of work. Yeah. If you yeah. want to be really good. And really good. I think we've talked about this before, but like, um, you know, I was doing the math and, you know, you, you have a certain amount of hours in a day. Right. If you're a typical person, you probably have 16 hours of waking time. Right. And, um, you know, some people can maybe, maybe more, maybe some people can get off like six, six hours of sleep mm-hmm. or whatever. They can function perfectly fine. I need like eight or nine. Right. But anyway, you have a certain amount of hours in the day and you ha- you need a certain amount of hours that you have to de- dedicate to something in order to have a mastery of it. And so my the way I was looking at it is like you can basically do maybe two things consistently to a level of mastery to where you are pr- pro, you're master at it. Like you have that much time in the day to do two things. And if you have a job, that's, that. that's one of them Correct. right there. Um, now maybe you could fit in three if you have like no social life, if you don't sleep or if like the, if the three things are really all closely related, like you can, you can work that out. But other than that, like that's all you can do. So yeah, you have to, you know, if, if you're talking about mastery, like, yeah, there's just like a huge amount of time you put in and you really don't have time for other things. And I couldn't agree with that more because of the fact that, you know, I, I always, like I said, I, I, I keep going back to that. I always wonder what the work ethic of somebody is when they say, "Ah, oh, it's not so good." Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. good. Well, you're not good. Someone's making it. You know, there, there are people out there making it, and it's because they're living it and dreaming it and actually doing yes the grind every yeah. day and kind of trusting in the process to to lead you to where you want to be. And um, you know, for me, uh, being a comic, you know, one thing that I love to do, which I think is, is a differentiator for me, is being a showman. Yeah. And, you know, I have so much pride. Like, even when I'm at an open mic at 1030 at night and I'm waiting for my name to come out of the bucket and people are walking by and bottles are bouncing across the room, I still want to get up there, even if there's three people, and just light that room on fire. Yeah. Uh, you. Yeah. Uh, it's fun watching you because... You know, you'll watch, you'll see Gary. Okay, he's back there. He's having a glass of wine. He's next to his fiance. 
Uh, it looks like he, you know, dressed up. He's always dressed to the nines, even at open mics, or like uh, this, or like this. Occasionally, <laughs> it occasionally depends. like this. Some he, days I have to collect money, Patrick. Yeah, I, I mean, don't do the, that in suits. The, the tracksuit is is a very nice tracksuit. Um, but a, a, you turn on a switch. Mm-hmm. A switch goes on, and it's. I'm walking onto the stage at Madison Square Garden. A thousand percent. Is what it looks like. A thousand percent. I don't. Uh, that. Sorry. Go ahead. You no, I guess what, what, what makes you do that? What, why is that so important to you? Because I just feel that no matter where you are, even if it's just for five open mic comics, everybody deserves your best. Mm-hmm. Everybody deserves a show. And, you know, you know, you get up there on nights where it's 1130, 12 o'clock at night. There's three, four, five, six, seven people in the room, whatever it is. And they're like, eh, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going out there with the same intensity, the same yeah. like a shark. You know, uh, that, so like, that's really. I, I think I might have. I'm. I may be guilty of this, but some people might perceive that as this guy's delusional. Like this guy, this is a delusional person that doesn't realize we're just at a mic with five people. Uh, I see yeah, how I I'm wrong, I but I, I don't think anybody that's sitting there watching that takes that from him. I think you see that, and you're like, uh, you know, I don't think anybody would would be like, man, why is this guy giving so much effort? And putting on like a like I a, think, a show for us. Now. I think if I've had ugly thoughts like that, it's because I'm just critical of myself, and mm-hmm. I'm like, why? It's really like, well, why can't I do that? Because sure. there are times I go up, I'm just like, fuck this. No, fuck yeah, everybody yeah, here, yeah. this is bullshit. This host in. sucks. This, you know, I do admire like kind of maintaining that energy for yeah. every single thing. Because if I'm at a show, mm-hmm. I absolutely give it everything that I've got. Right. But I will let it slip a lot of times if I'm in. A mic because I'm just ah, it's a mic, you know. Yeah, but even and shows that are wrong. not well promoted, if there's three real people there and then like four other comics, I'm just like, God, I hate everything about this, and I get so funky and in my head about like the whole thing that I'm just a miserable little bitch up there, and I need to start channeling Gary. I need to start thinking, what would Gary do right now? Well, yeah, that, well it's, it, it, it happens. Yeah. That happens to me so much. You know, you get to that that point in the night, and you're like, Oh God. I can't believe that I got, I get that same thing yeah. running through my mind. Um, the the thing for me though is I could care less about what's going on out there. I'm doing this for me mm-hmm. because I know that that tough room and those nights where there's a bottle bouncing across the floor and it's like ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting better facing all of that. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know I think that's where a lot of people run away from this. Yeah, they go, how do you do that every night? Yeah. Where you're dealing, you know, because you're really living for the show with 220, 250 people, 100 people, 75 people, and the audience is just rocking. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody wants that moment. Um, well, and if you're used to playing like that, then when you do get in those bigger rooms, it's not a big switch for you. You're just no. doing what you always do. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, and, and, and now I'm the one that's going to be guiding us into the comedy territory. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm curious, like what, what's your writing process and what's your, um, taking that stuff that you've written and doing it in the style that you do it and pruning it and figuring out what works. What, what what's your method there? So a lot of, and I, I think I had mentioned this to you prior, Patrick, um, a lot of the things that I come across, I don't think about a lot. I know that sounds crazy because I know there's so many master writer writers out there and comedy genius minds. For me, it's like I do a, I do a bit on my janitor in my office, Carl, right? Mm-hmm. Carl is such a character, and I've literally just brought that character to life on stage. Yeah. 
by watching him. Yeah. And picking out all of the crazy things that that he has, like you know, just all of his voices, the things he says. But are you taking that and are you just uh, winging it initially on stage? Oh, yeah. I'm, then, like, I'm seeing it that day. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm doing that tonight. In real life. Something happens with Carl at work. Thousand and then you're percent. like, I'm going to go riff on that tonight. Thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, it's something that just triggers in my mind and I go... Now that, are you able to are you able to hold on to that and then and then maintain that into or like maintain that into like a consistent joke or do you find that like because I see this from some people like a good example would be like Chris Keys all right I love Chris Keys for those of you that don't know him he's he's another high energy guy he's another guy that kind of uh, does a lot of improv you know improvisation but also a lot of times that means that you don't necessarily see the same set ever like sometimes he'll have a bit and he'll hold on to it and he'll do that and you can say, oh, that's the orange joke. Um, but sometimes it literally every time you see him, it's a whole different set of things. And it's really funny. Um, it's very engaging. But I, I've talked to him about this, like about like what do you do in terms of taking that energy that you get? Because I do that sometimes too. I'll just take something that comes occurs to me, get up on stage and just like, ah, and people really love it. But then when you try to take that and mold it into a bit and do it consistently, then sometimes it doesn't connect in the same way that it did when you had it fresh and new like that. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is about two, three weeks ago, I started doing this bit on Lent mm-hmm. and how, you know, the, the uh, no eating of meat on, on, on Fridays during the season of Lent and how crazy that is and how I have a hypocritical cousin too, you know, says I can't eat meat, but meanwhile he beats up nana. this kid ran in my nona. She calls me every Friday. And that just literally started out of me going to get ashes on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Yeah. So I throw it out there one night and then I just continuously keep adding to it as I move along. Yeah. And, and you do such a good job. I mean, you're doing like full on scene work. It's like watching a one person show because you're doing so many voices of family members, but you're also tackling this uh, religious concept in a very funny way. So the punchlines are usually uh, funny things other people have said pretty much. Right. Well, and it's interesting, like the Lent bit. The other night I'm doing it, and I talk about how I get to the the restaurant a little bit earlier than my cousin. I order antipast and all (laughs) of that. I order a beautiful bottle, uh, bottle of wine. And then I make the actual noise of the cork coming out of the bottle of wine. And that was the thing that was the trigger for that audience. Yeah. It was like, it's amazing. So these little sound effects, the facial expressions, the being able to look away. Yeah. And it, it there's so much little stuff that I'm doing on stage for me. Yeah. That I actually possibly can't write. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's really improvised. And it's so physical. Like uh, people compare you a lot to Sebastian right. Maniscalco. Mm-hmm. I would throw out Greer Barnes with mm-hmm. that, with a lot of sound effects and body stuff. Uh, you know, there's so many people that could be mentioned. Did you always were you always inspired by people that use their bodies and and really paint a picture on stage? Centrally? Yeah, I love. I, <laughs> um, I I always loved physical comedians. You know, yeah. to me, Robin Williams yeah. was like an idol to me. Yeah, you time. know. Carrot top, right? A little. Oh, and uh, we were talking recently about Jessica Kirsten. How much Jessica Kirsten is is incredible. Um, you know all that physical stuff because the body movements and the facial expressions and yeah. and like you know I use my eyebrows all the time. Yeah, because I'm like, that's funny. Yeah, you know that that's that gets a lot of reaction out of people when you start using those facial expressions and all of that physicality. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's a very 
like that's a huge part of what I think is is a little bit different about me. Were you like this as a kid? Were you doing oh, yeah. this stuff in school? I was doing this stuff in school. I was definitely a class clown. Yeah. Um and you went to school in Bayside, Queens? I went in I went yes, I went uh well, high school in Long Island. Okay. And then uh but it was probably a uh, Catholic high school. Yeah. And I mean, there's enough comedy going through 17 years of uh yeah. you know, Catholic education to yeah. to really siblings yes sister and a brother younger brother are you in the middle i'm the oldest oh yeah interesting are your parents still together they are unfortunately <laughs> my gosh uh, these two you've never seen a more dysfunctional so they're in long island but you live yeah. in queens now i right? live in queens okay uh, so i feel like long island is a spe- i went to college in long island uh and i feel like where'd you go i went to post oh yeah uh where'd you where are you from i i went well we moved out to Smithtown when I was like seventeen. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to Hofstra. Okay. Oh, you went Hofstra. to Hofstra College. Hofstra. Uh, that's so. I wonder if we've ever been at the same nightclubs. I'm 36. I graduated in '03. Uh, so I bet we went to some of the same bars over on uh, what? What is that main boulevard? Oh, Hempstead. Yeah, Hempstead Turnpike. Yeah, I mean, I was probably the Guido leaning up against the yeah. wall with one foot. Uh-huh. With the uh huh. Long Island people our age are very funny people. Well, Long Island people in general are very funny, especially Italian Americans and Jewish families. Mm-hmm. I notice produce hilarious people. Uh, what, what do you think that is? So I, I, it's funny you say that because uh, Bill Burr recently said that, mm-hmm. and he talks about his East Coast Northeast, you know, kind of roots. Yeah, and um, you he's know, from Boston. Right? Yeah. Okay. So he was talking about. Basically, the reason why so many people on the East Coast become funny is because they use it as a defense mechanism. Yeah. You know, you get three brothers or, you know, you go to school and your friends are just, I mean, basically every day in school is a roast. Yes. Yep. You know, and you have to figure out a way to kind of combat that, you know, and, and, and come back with them. So you become very quick. Yeah. And you have no no real choice. So I think that's why there's such a high concentration of very, yeah. very funny people that come out of the... I remember Rough being in middle school. You'd be at the lunch table. Kids would just be like saying, you know, your mama jokes. Oh, and yeah. Whatever else, like trying to insult each other with like the sickest burn. Yep. And I I remember discovering that I was funny by making fun of other kids. So like I would make my friends laugh by making fun of like powerless and defenseless kids. And I have so many guilt issues about that. I had like a bully phase basically from fifth, sixth grade. And man, uh, there were some rude, mean things that I did and said to get laughs. Uh, You're probably going to get a call from like some Lori Povich show. Yeah. I would always Uh, do it at my own expense. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would just make a total, like, I'd alienate myself and make myself the butt of jokes. You did a little self-deprecation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd injure myself sometimes for doing a prop fall or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. I was doing. Hey, I got it. I got it on a kind of a slightly, this is. On a kind of this note, but not on this note, um, there's an interesting article I was reading, and this guy's talking about the comedians who kind of define certain genres of stand-up. Mm-hmm. I thought this was an interesting list. Basically, says that you know that you can trace stand-up back to um, a number of pioneers that pushed like society's boundaries. So he lists Lenny Bruce mm. for obscenity, Richard Pryor for empathy. George Carlin uh, for iconoclasm, iconoclasm, Bill Cosby, storytelling, Woody Allen, persona, Andy Kaufman, absurdity, 
Steve Martin's silliness and Sam Kinison anger. Mm. He was saying even the ingenious Bill Hicks is really a Carlin and Kinison amalgamation. Yeah. Which is interesting. So um, what do you guys think about that? I'm, I'm putting Gary under the Steve Martin, Bill Cosby list. Really? Because Cosby and his storytelling Oof, I don't know about that. Also, also would uh, inhabit the voices of other people. And Gary is very silly on stage. And you're not you're not particularly obscene. No. No, I think Gary's um, like he's pretty pretty. I'm um, pretty clean for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. You know. I, I guess I could see. You know, every once in a while, you know, Lenny. That that's a really interesting story, the Lenny Bruce story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I you know I I didn't even recently know this. Yeah. I I recently found this out that he literally, you know, did drugs. He just did himself in because of that whole thing where he was arrested. Mm. Did you hear about that, or not, did you have, did you never know about that? Not about his death. So you know, he literally was doing a show where he was using all of these obscenity. You know, you know, and they arrested him. Yeah, and yeah. they threw him in jail, and they made his life a misery. Right. And from that, supposedly he tailspinned using all sorts of drugs and basically just died from it. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's a whole conspiracy theory that he was murdered. You know, which happens a lot of times when. You know, fa- you know, famous people, especially people that are pushing some kind of boundary, die. Mm-hmm. They're provoking society too much, and, right? And people like in people, power are like, "We need to put this guy. right," because he was literally doing modern comedy in the age where people were still kind of do doing like vaudevillian acts. Yeah, I mean, you know? I, yeah. I, those people. I mean, Howard Stern is not one hundred percent my cup of tea, but. We we do have a lot to thank him for in terms of like pushing the First Amendment rights well, ba- being, boundaries, being kind of uh, the like the original shock jock. Yeah, and that that's like Lenny Bruce is somebody that we owe all that to. You right. know, like well, Stern owes that. To- oh, absolutely. I mean, all of them. I mean, Eddie Murphy, Carlin. Yeah. Um, you know, Red Fox, right? I mean, um, you know, Howard is is amazing. I mean, I I love Howard. Yeah. And I think he's always had a plan to kind of evolve into what he's doing now. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's he's a brilliant. I mean, if they ever tested his IQ, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. through the roof. He never wants to do that though cuz he doesn't want to be embarrassed by if it falls short of like Baba Booey. Yeah. Too much ego. Do you, do you, pull, yeah. you pull any Baba Booies on anybody there? No. Do you have ego issues? Do you ever fear? Uh, you ever of, beaten of a looking? guy for money and you're like, Baba Bowie? Just before before I texted you to see if you wanted coffee, yeah, I just smashed the guy. Yeah. He, he was so deserving of it, though. Yeah, yeah. You're you're like the most polite gangster. Yeah. I really, you know, it's so have funny. you ever been in a fight? No, no those hands are so soft. I mean, look at this. Yeah. I'm like you're a, a union guy. Delegate. I don't want to have to break your fingers, but you know, I'm, you, know listen, you know what you did. You know, here. it's Come so on, funny because so many Snap. people say like. Oh my God, you're so different than the guy on stage, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm just putting on a show up there. Yeah, talk oh, about that. Like, talk th- about th- that. Did you put a lot uh, of thought into this persona on stage, or was that just sort of naturally what comes out when you amplify yourself? That's it's it's a combination, and you know, I just want to go up there. And There's be, a little bit of Andrew Dice in there, so that's funny you say that because that's one of my heroes. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was know. having a conversation with Gary at Climate Lounge the other night. And he starts quoting Andrew Dice Clay straight from his memoir. Yeah, there's yeah. no very, there's no misogyny Impressive. or anything like that in your no. act, but you the attitude that the whole you know. I just want to always get up there and be explosive. Yeah, you know, there's something to be said for that, and you know, you look at 
like I said, we go back to guys like Robin Williams and Carlin and Eddie Murphy. They were just powerful. Yeah. You know, even if I don't have a good night, someone's remembering me. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's for good or bad, they're like, that guy really, you know. Yeah. And I, and I, that's why I'm always in the suit because I like the persona. Yeah. I like the, you know, what I'm projecting out there. No, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think you kind of de- have to decide what your, uh, yeah, what, what exactly kind of, um, persona you're projecting there. Do you have a hard time sitting through people that don't commit to some kind of powerful presentation? No. Like, are you ever sitting there thinking, God, this guy needs to just give it up or this girl? Well, I mean, there's a lot of that. I, I mean, I look at it. I mean, I don't, I don't, one thing about me also too is I don't like to say anything negative about anybody because anybody that's trying it or doing what it. What do you think of Tristan? I think Tristan's terrible. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I actually don't even want to really talk to him right now. Yeah. I mean. What, Tristan just, Rega? I know, dude. <laughs> yeah. Easy. That guy needs to pack it in. <sighs> just just raise your child. You only yeah, have enough it up. hours <laughs> in your, your life child. to raise your child expertly right. Right. and do your IT work. That, According to Tristan Smith, there's only two things you can get good at in this life. So quick comedy. Boom. Tristan but Rega, yeah, that, that's take care. That's a, uh, you know, I, I don't really judge anybody on that. I'm just, but there, I can sit through anybody that is really funny. It doesn't matter what kind of style they have. Yeah. Funny is funny. Yeah. 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 At the, the end only of the day. time I ever seriously, seriously, like I'll joke about, hey, just quit. You know, like I, I'll joke about that. Like, hey, if you're ever, you know, sometimes you've said on the stage, like, you know, if you're ever kind of feeling, you know, I don't know if I can do this anymore and you want to quit, then you know what? Please do. Like, I'll, you know, I'll joke yeah. about that. But the, uh, the, 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 the actual truth there is that the only people that I actually feel that way about are the people that are up there. And they all they're doing is using it as a pulpit to just talk about whatever bullshit they want to talk. Like right. it's basically their audio blog. Just a the, ramble. It's a ramble. There's nothing funny in there. It's all completely self-absorbed. A lot of times it's some dude that's talking about some chick that he's nailing or mm-hmm. something. And it's not – It's no, nobody's enjoying it. It's not It's not funny. It's not um, cute. It's uh, – like that's the only time that uh, that I genuinely – I'm like, please stop this for your sake and for the rest of us. Right. It's like a confessional. Right. Yeah. Or or it's like, like do that once and it's fine because like, hey, maybe sure. they're riffing on something. Yeah. If but that's then like if a, that's all they it's do a body ever. Of, it's about the body of work, right? Like, like yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can – I'm, I've gotten up there and rambled and been unfunny many a time as you guys have seen. But, I mean, I – if that was all that, if if I was just getting up there rambling and I wasn't getting laughs anymore, I mean, I don't know how I, why I would continue doing it. I mean, eventually you'll you'll, you'll figure it out. I mean, at, uh, at well, some I point, think, I mean, you can't be doing it for eleven, twelve, thirteen years. I mean, unfortunately, at the level we're at, we are still stuck amongst people that don't literally don't have anywhere else to go. Like, open comedy open mics are for some people the only connection they have now, to other people. Now that on the other other hand, see that's that's the other thing like I don't mind if somebody's coming out and they're just having fun or it's a hobby for them or they're just like, "Oh my god, there's a an PA," you know, like Right. um like people that are just coming, like I'm actually missing the amount of people that are um Hobby- like hobbyists. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I I love the crazy. I love the different. If somebody's coming out, and especially because sometimes those people are accidentally amazing. Yeah, and um, and I miss that because I think, 
uh, I end up seeing a lot of like semi-polished amateurs mm-hmm. more often than not, and that's less enjoyable. Like I, I've really liked it when just fucking nut nut jobs are coming out, and like, yeah, that's fun. Well, all that is it. Also, comes back to like where what are your what is your travel pattern? What is your routine? Like, are you going to the same place a lot? Because yeah, I I know what you're saying, and for me, I've just been in a situation this past year or so where I kind of have to keep my my schedule simple, so I go to the same place a lot, and I see a lot of the same people, and I know exactly what you're saying. You know, I have to. But, speaking of, this is a little off topic. You know, I'm gonna have to ch- probably change up my routine because uh, s- some people might not know. Like I, uh, you know, Patrick and I were hosting uh, a mic together for like two years, and very successful in the sense that I think people great enjoyed. Mic. A good mic. I love the mic. And I, I was hoisted from the mic unceremoniously, which happens. Hoisted. Right? Well, I, fired. I, I have to tell you that, you know, I, I've, I've said this to you. I say it to Chatfield. You, when you guys host, you know, people don't realize how important that is also. Yeah. You know? It is and, very and important. It, especially at a mic. Mm. When you're like. You got to keep things moving or you just watch four or five people that are just one guy's playing the triangle. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on here? And for someone like you or you to get up and be able to have like that very quick wit and be able to to pull that crowd back up a little bit and then keep that run, you know, because there's there's hosts that sit up there way too long. Yeah. Like in between, like in between, like it's it's just way too long. Like we have 22 comics that keep are going, just keep it moving. Like you're going to do your set, Yeah. you know, you're hosting so you can come up and you do like you, I see you do that all the time. Every time that I've seen you host. Who? Me? You. Yeah. Tr- Tristan, I should say that. <laughs> I'm over here like I'm at the dinner table on Sunday. You. Um, but you've seen me Tristan, do what though? How, very quick with it. Right. You'll make fun of somebody who just got off stage or you'll make a, <laughs> you know, fun of something that they said. To get and the, that, the, and the that room laughing. It, that keeps it moving. Yeah. You know, there's hosts that I see, and it's like, oh, no, are you really going into, like, a three-minute bit now? No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, just yeah I mean, it it's it's very aggravating yeah. when when you're a comic waiting, you know, you're spending, like, your valuable time. You've been in the room for an hour and a half. Right. And the host is doing three minutes, and you're just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, just keep it moving at this point. We just want to find out who the chip's going to. Yeah. Well, part of what was great, what's great about the stand mic is we have to be out of the room by a certain time, so we had to keep it tight. Yeah. And yeah, Tristan and I really formed a vibe in there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you've been. How do you how do you want to phrase it? I've been removed. <laughs> you've been removed from the mic. Yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting? Chatfield is now the co-host there with me. And he does great. Uh, and uh, and you've kind of Gary on- Gary Lelly has. Become a regular at that mic yeah, for two weeks or something. You, you've taken on the mantle of being the mean guy now, Patrick. I, only if John Fox is there, then I'll be mean to John Well, there, Fox. Was, a, there was a really good moment at, the, uh, at that mic on Thursday night when uh, I know it was getting a little bit later in the, in the night and one of the comics was up there doing his thing and Chatfield and I are just sitting next to each other and we just hear the slam of the toilet bowl seat <laughs> and then the whoosh. And he and I just slowly turned towards each other and couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. And the guy, I don't even know who was on stage, 
really thought that we were into whatever yeah, he yeah, was yeah. saying, and we are back there crying. That's I, I thank you for bringing that up because I remember you guys snickering with each other, but I could not figure out what what was going on it was over the there. Toilet. Oh yeah, that's a bad sign. The toilet if, killed that night. If, if at the stand, people, the audience can hear what's happening in the bathroom, that's a bad sign. Yeah. yeah. Uh, happens it happens more often than you'd like. Well, Tristan, we'll miss you at the stand, but well, uh, I'm going to still be there. I'm just going to be attending like a regular old schmo. I mean, do you know? do you want to talk about this? I feel yeah, like we could talk you, about you it. it up. I mean, uh, sure. Uh, what what happened? I mean, this our listeners. So many of them are are regulars at you our know, mics. I, I'll say I'll just say this. Uh, you know, it's even in, in, in at the mic level, it's show business, mm-hmm. right? And that means that, like, things aren't always fair and that things don't always happen for a sane reason. And if somebody um, feels a certain way about you or hears a certain thing about you, um, it just might be true to them even if it's not. And in this case, it was more like I got caught in the middle of an argument that some other people that were having that involved, you know, the space and, and everything like that. And I... I ended up kind of being collateral damage and, you know, I wasn't there and I didn't have anything to do with it really. It just kind of, you know, and, and, and unfortunately that, that, uh, that can occur, you know, and, and, um, I think, you know, that can be a matter of, I mean, dumb luck or, or right. really just the, the, the kind of the people that you associate with the the real thing. Here's the thing. Here's, here's what I realized. First of all, I always knew that as, unless you are, I was going to say, no, actually, I was going to say, unless you are creating the mic or producing the mic yourself, but even then, it's like, if you're at, um, Boonga's Den was a place a lot of people had mics in, and then Boonga's Den closed Boonga's, down. Boonga's, Boonga's. Yeah, and, and maybe they're 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 opening up a something new or whatever, and, and who yeah. knows if they'll have a room there or not. So, if you, so for the people that had their own shows there, they don't have a show now. Yeah. It had nothing to do with whether it was a good show or they right. were good. It just has to do with the venue. Right. So and then you add on to the fact that when you're doing somebody else's show or somebody else's mic, you know, it's completely their prerogative on what they want. And they can at any time be like, hey, you know what? You did a great job, but I just don't want you on this anymore for right. whatever reason. And that's totally their prerogative, you know. And I'm so thankful for the amount of time that I had on that mic. I think it's a great mic. And I, I'm hoping that Patrick and I can do stuff like that in the future because I think that we're good combo there but the fact of the yeah, matter we should is start a podcast or something yeah, well something tristan like if someone's giving good. me a problem i can go pay him a visit that would be great <laughs> that would be great gary but like look the fact of the matter is that the lessons that i learned here are that none of these things are a given mm-hmm. none of these things are permanent right um there it, it doesn't matter how good you are or how f- fair it is you know things are just going to happen maybe for better sometimes people get all sorts of advantages you know i've i've been to a, an industry show you know where there's a person there from the industry watching and they have um given this opportunity to a girl because she's really pretty and she wasn't a particularly funny and then i've had comics be like oh that's so shitty it's like dude that's the way it goes you know like yeah. sometimes it's going to be the thing and and that girl maybe she is going to take that and run with it and and make something of it or you know people are going to be like oh wait she's not actually funny and then she won't you know like but people get opportunities sometimes when it's not necessarily fair and people don't get opportunities when it's not fair that's just the way it is kind of well that you got to diversify that's you an diversify. interesting thing that you yeah. just touched on which is something that i always always try and stay away and i'm you know, always thinking about it is that you have to really have blinders on, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because you can get so caught up in, 
wow, that person got this. Yes. Oh, that person oh, yes. got that. That oh, that's a bad game to play. That's yes. a, you you will drown yourself fast. I I'm in the thick of uh well not right now. Maybe like a month ago I was really like in the thick of like comparing myself and like overthinking mm-hmm. what's going on with other people and it, yeah, it's so toxic. It's it's uh, it, it does nothing but hurt yourself. Yeah. Here, well, in terms of the politics of all this stuff, yeah. it's kind of interesting to talk about in the context of Gary because now you're going to go in June, you're going to move to L.A. and be a part of this new scene where right. nobody knows you. Right. Uh, do you have a plan for just kind of like how to keep your head down and do your own thing and just show up? Like what – do you even think about it? Is this a concern for oh, you? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely – you know, I, I'm definitely nervous, you know, about, you know, figuring it out out there, but – one thing that I, like I said before, is I'm just going to continue to be myself. Yeah. Continue to always bring that energy that I'm bringing and be very humble and be very, you know, because I feel like so many nice things happen because you're nice to people. Yeah. You know, and I think, I, I mean, I can't even tell you the amounts of open mic comics that I see. You know, that's, that are that's, just, a, that's a, such, yeah, that's a great point. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's the entitlement that you see a lot. Right. right? And I think, yeah, I think, I think that's the the lesson here is to always be um, nice, friendly towards people, mm-hmm. to be grateful for the opportunities yeah. that you're given, and when those opportunities go away, then you know, thank you for the ones that I got, right? Um, and to always be diversifying yourself and move and getting new opportunities. Totally. You know, like I realized when I lost the mic that, like, you know what, I'm not doing enough different mics. You know, I'm. I, I got comfortable doing the spots that I was doing because they were so consistent and frankly good. Like I really enjoyed our mic and I still enjoy attending it as just, you know, a, a, a non-hosting comic. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed the hosting it. You know, that was a really f- fun opportunity. And, and I think maybe in that I got a little comfortable in in what I was doing. Maybe wasn't pushing myself hard enough as a comic. So now you take that opportunity and you do the other stuff and you do the next step and you, you know. And I think if you're if you're nice to people, and you know that they'll remember you. Hey, that Gary guy is a good guy. Yeah, because you know? if you can back up being nice with being funny, that's like a killer combination that it people really underestimate. Because I know a ton of hilarious people that I just don't really enjoy being around. No, yeah. And I'm like that guy was a dick to me. Like all I'm trying to do is get a good room going as an open mic host, and you're gonna shit on my mic and my work. Then why am I? Why do I ever want to collaborate with you on something? You know. Uh, so you, and you're great with that. You, yeah. you have always been super nice, super appreciative and just helpful. Uh, so you're going to be fine. Well, I think also too, um, you know, I think this is just general in life is that if you say you're going to be somewhere or do something, you do it. Yep. Yep. And I think so many people, especially like in comedy, you know, unreliable. Like I, I, yeah, unreliable. You hear, I hear all the time, you know, somebody producing a show and saying at three o'clock in the afternoon, so-and-so backed out on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how is that? I don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like something has to seriously yeah. be Yeah, I mean, of course, sometimes you have to cancel. But, but I hear I think it I've canceled, often enough yeah. where it's like people the day of. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you're sick. Like, right. don't you know that maybe the day before? Or don't know that even. at 4 o'clock for a 7 o'clock show. Right. Or you, know. or you just forgot. Like, right. I've had people just forget. They thought it was a different night. or whatever. It's like, we're adults. If you want you gotta, this to be your career and you don't have a working calendar, yeah, you've got a big problem on your hands. Exactly. And you know, that that's funny. And it's a true testament to, like, Ashley Gavin. 
right? Yeah. yeah. Who is consistently always doing what needs to be done and doing it the the right way. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I recently put up my website, you know, I have business cards made. So like when I go to shows, I hand them out to people yeah. because what people don't understand is, is that no matter where you are, if you're at Frank's restaurant or, or the, the Irish pub, or you're yeah. doing a show at Gotham or wherever that may be, like you have to, you have, you're your own promoter. Yeah. yeah. Handing out yeah. the cards thing is so important. And I, I always have such a tough time doing it. I forget to do it or yeah. I think about it. I'm like, oh, this person, does, you know, and it's just like, why not? You have, yeah. you have these cards, you know, yeah. you get, you have a hundred, hundreds of cards. Like, why not? Cause you I have no circles. shame. I have no shame about that. And I actually, all the music stuff I did in my twenties is what helps me with the promotional oh, stuff yeah. now. Now it's like, yeah, if you want to get booked again, people got to know who you, are who you are and how to get in touch with you. Uh, We've talked a couple times where I've I've texted you out of frustration. You've mm-hmm. asked me how something went. I've been frustrated. And you always text back some kind of baseball metaphor. Right. Give me a quick run. Give Tristan a quick rundown of some of the connections between baseball and comedy that you've you've made. So I always I always say like uh you know, you asked me before how what's the process of writing for me and how does that develop? And so much of this stuff is it's like baseball, see ball, hit ball. And I use that all the time, right? I've talked yeah. to you about that. And not overthinking things. Yeah. And um, so meaning don't worry so much about writing so much and preparing an idea. It's just go up there with an idea, see ball, hit ball, use, go from the gut. Well, I think like. I, and especially at an open mic, you end up working things out because it's so different on stage. Yeah. Right. You have to write the joke. Right. And you have to know exactly kind of what you're going to do, how you're going to present it key points you're going to hit on while you're doing that joke but i think it's uh the written joke has to be performed it has to be performed yeah. without execution it's it's horrible yeah well, it's you about know? it it's about the edu- execution because if you look at a lot of jokes that are just like written out they're really not that funny on paper right you know it's really about the the, the delivery it's all about yeah that. it's yeah. all about that it's all about that little so for me not overthinking things yeah. is a major, major yeah. thing for me because I know when I overthink things, I get up there and I present that joke. <clears throat> excuse me, um, as if it was written. Yeah, and I—that's terrible for me. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm up there because I'm like, oh, there's this word, there's this word, there's this word, this is one, and I kind of recite it as if I'm reading. Yeah, it. yeah. Which is another thing. Like for me, just my personal thing, I never bring notes on stage. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact, it doesn't matter what I'm doing because I don't ever like to be saved. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a a big thing. Like, figure it out. Yeah. You know, because at some point, if you're going to stretch it into a half hour, an hour, you're going to have to be able to rely solely on your memory mind. anyway. Okay. And what about uh, one time I – something about – something about uh, – batting average or you just take your swings something about volume right it's the stuff i make fun of all the time actually yeah Yeah. like all the cliches um but it's really you know it's all about numbers really and you know you start getting better as you do more yeah you know and you become that much more polished and relaxed and calm yeah gary if you had a message for the people out there (laughs) Before you cough yeah, yourself to death. Yeah, I'm, I'm if you have a message, not... if you have a message for the people out there, what would it be? What's your, what's what's your what's the what's what's something they should get from Gary Lelly? 
What's something you want them to know for the future? For me, it's just keep doing what you're doing in, in the comedy thing. Don't really listen to anybody. You know, negativity can really just blow you up. Mm. And, you know, believe in yourself. And for me, it doesn't matter which night it is or how bad a room is. I'm, I believe in myself with everything. I love that, man. The Zen of Gary Lelly, everybody. Yeah. Gary Lelly. You're going to be hearing more from this guy. Look out for him in L.A. Go to his new website. Is it GaryLelly.com? GaryLellyComedy.com. All right. Thanks again, Gary. Thanks Thank for being guys. on the Comics Table. I'm Sweet T. And I'm Sweet P. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Bye-bye.